I'm Erin Barnes, and this is Inside College Admissions, a podcast presented by SCORE. On today's episode, I sit down with strategic advisor to SCORE, Peter Van Buskirk, to discuss the challenges of entering another academic year clouded by uncertainty. But before we get started, let me provide you with some background on Peter and the great work he does with SCORE. Peter is an industry analyst, student advocate, author, speaker, and workshop leader. He brings over 25 years' experience in the college admissions process, including 12 as Dean of Admission at Franklin and Marshall College. Peter also founded his company, Best College Fit, to bring transparency to the college admissions process and help students position themselves to achieve their educational goals. Without further ado, I'll kick it over to Peter. All right, so it is time for back to school. And here we are in a much similar situation as we were in last year. So Peter, we brought you on today to talk about how colleges are responding to the start of the next academic year. I, I, I like the way you introduced this, Aaron. Uh, much the same situation as last year, sort of like Groundhog Day. And who would have thought that uh, uh, we'd be entering the start of school with the same level of uncertainty or similar level of uncertainty that we experienced last year? How are colleges responding? I think with a great deal of hope, but also a great deal of caution. Many schools finished the last year uh, in some sort of a hybrid environment for the students. I'm speaking now of colleges and universities. And, and I, I think that one of the things that they learned is that they can function pretty effectively that way in a hybrid environment. But I also think many of them came to realize that that's not the preference. <laughs> so they're going to mm-hmm. do everything they can to try to uh, open doors for all students to be on campus with live in-person instruction. As a result, uh, we've been hearing an awful lot about vaccination mandates and, and many institutions, I guess now more than a 600 colleges and universities around the country have mandated that students who will be live uh, on campus for instruction this fall be, be vaccinated or be able to provide some proof of vaccination. And I think you, you see institutions are taking very seriously the need to provide education, but to do it safely. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit more about vaccinations. So obviously we know that the vaccination opportunities for U.S. students are plentiful, but what about the international students and um, opportunities for vaccination for them and, and where that leaves colleges and universities positioned? Well, and that's a, an important question for another reason, and that is that many institutions rely upon international students to, to, to fill out the classrooms. Uh, there will be several hundred thousand international students in a normal year coming into the, into the country uh, for undergraduate education. And now with a vaccination mandate on many of these campuses, the question is how, how is that monitored for the international students? So, you know, some students will be vaccinated, some students will not. How do you see the mixing of students having implications on you know, academic and instructional areas, on housing areas, on social areas of the campus. Uh, if I could ask you to pull out your crystal ball for a moment, <laughs> how do you see this unfolding for colleges? I think that we have to look at, at, at the best of intents that are being expressed by institutions, but we also have to recognize the human nature of, of young adults. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, th- I think that there's a certain amount of caution that young adults will bring to their experiences on college campuses. But nonetheless, when you get together with other 18, 19, 20-year-olds um, and, and it's time to 
kind of let your hair down, socialize a little bit, you may not be quite as cautious as, as you would have been otherwise. I think institutions have over the last 18 months done things with their learning spaces to create more social distancing uh, and, and a safer environment that way. But I, again, I think that the, the areas of uncertainty have more to do with the social spaces and then perhaps the living spaces rather than the instructional spaces. So I think that, that this is going to be a, a moving experiment. Uh, the institutions mm-hmm. are going to be finding out as they go what works and doesn't work. I suspect throughout the fall, we're probably going to hear instances of some outbreaks. So I, I think we just have to be ready for everything. And I think college and university administrators are, are trying to be ready for everything as well. It's really hard, I think, to be prepared for everything. I think there, over the past few weeks, there has been a, a wide shift in mindset and many institutions have prepared to bring their students back fully on campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, for in-person instruction. Mm-hmm. You know, that being said, what happens if closures are forced again and we are returning to a remote hybrid instruction model? Well, I think the, the good news is if we can find the silver lining. If, if that should happen, the institutions themselves will be practiced now at, at how to, to make that happen in a, in a fairly seamless manner. Uh, mm-hmm. that it's not going to be perfect if institutions have to, to, to suddenly change their orientation. That, that transition is not going to affect perfectly. But when it happened the first time, we had to kind of figure out solutions and then figure out how to implement the solutions. Well, now institutions know those solutions and they, they, they know pretty well how to uh, manage those solutions. So I think that, that there's going to be a little more seamlessness in that kind of a transition. So I, I think that, again, we, we have to be prepared for the likelihood that there will be disruptions to the normal academic year over over the next eight to 10 months. Uh, We hope not, but we need to be ready for that. All of this being said, do you have any advice to first-year students who are possibly feeling a little apprehensive about transitioning into collegiate environments in the coming weeks? Well, yes, and I'm glad you asked because I, I wouldn't well imagine there are hundreds of young people who are very eager to get started and, and quote unquote, going off to college in, in the, the coming weeks, yet uh, are increasingly nervous about what these environments will be like. Some of them will be unvaccinated and uncomfortable for different reasons with becoming vaccinated. Others may be vaccinated and may be very conscientious about the way they present themselves, but are still concerned about the unknowns in the new environment. My advice to families is that if you're feeling uncertain, uncomfortable, unsafe about what your child is moving into for the the next uh, semester, the next uh, three to five months of of the academic year, uh, it's okay to step back. It's okay to step back. And and, and I know that may seem a little jarring in some way, like we can't do that. You know, we've we've made this commitment. She wants to go to college. She wants to get started. It just won't be right. Well, the student success in college in large part is going to be due to that person's comfort level and ability mm-hmm. to uh, have fun, yes, but also focus on learning in a way that, that isn't affected by a lot of distractions. So it, it's entirely possible that a student might step back and in effect defer the enrollment. Mm-hmm. 
And this is something that colleges and universities have become accustomed to in larger numbers of students over the last year. There were a lot of deferrals of enrollment um, in, in the fall of 2020. And I think many institutions are prepared for deferrals again this year, uh, given the uncertainties that are present for students. So what does the deferral mean? It means that you get in touch with the institution that you were planning to attend and you say, given what's going on with COVID right now, we'd like to defer my enrollment. In other words, cancel me out of starting in September of this year, but I'd like to defer it until January of 2022 or to the fall of 2022. You need to communicate that desire though rather directly and, and quickly so that, that the institution can manage its enrollment process, but also acknowledge your deferral and, and process any refunds uh, that might be necessary given the money that you've already paid for the year. Some institutions may, in fact, apply what you've paid for this year to next year if, if indeed you don't show up this year. So there, there are different things that could work out there, but it's going to be very important that, that you get in touch, uh, I would say, right now with the Office of Student Affairs uh, at the institution. The admission office is going to have much less a role in, in dealing with that deferral now, but if, if you have if you feel there are just good reasons for your student to, to step back and, and, and not attend in the fall, uh, whether you're a first-year student or a returning student, that taking that time off uh, for a semester or for a year is fine. There, there's no stigma attached to that, no harm involved, but you do need to communicate that desire as quickly and clearly as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. I think many of us have individuals who are close with who chose to defer last year mm -hmm. when things were a little bit newer. And unfortunately, with the, the situation looking eerily similar this year, mm -hmm. I think deferring might still be a very sound option for many of our student and family listeners yeah. out there. Well, and, and deferring can lead to a lot of things. If you decide that the deferral is something you want to pursue, I think it's also important that the student embrace a productive course throughout that time period mm -hmm. of the deferral, either by maybe finding online opportunities to take courses at the school that you would have attended or another place, or perhaps doing some things locally at a community college, uh, engaging in a work or a volunteer opportunity. I think the really important thing is that if you do decide to put off starting college for any period of time that, that you your plan B includes constructive, productive activity for you. So in addition to those new and returning students who are coming back to campus in the coming weeks, as fall approaches, fall is also a pretty popular time for prospective students to visit campuses that they're interested in. And right now, as we proceed with many colleges still having open doors, I would assume that students can feel comfortable taking those on-campus visits. Now, that being said, each day brings a new set of news. So what might be some implications for prospective students who are looking for colleges to visit and, and feeling a little bit unsure about their opportunities? I, again, it's a good question, and, and I would remind students that they should never feel like they have to do something that is otherwise uncomfortable for them. Mm -hmm. if, if that means that that you'd like to visit a college campus, you you sense that they're open, but they're they're offering uh, visits to limited number of students at a time, uh, or you're not quite sure how they're going to manage 
the the details of your visit it, it's okay not to visit now i mean if you're a prospective student hopefully there will be many other opportunities to conduct those visits uh, it will be important though that you dive into the, those institutions online mm -hmm. whether you can visit the campus or not it's really important that you you go past the home page of the institution's website to learn about the academic programs the extracurricular programs the, the, the student life uh, opportunities as much as possible so that that when it is time for you to, to take a, an even closer look maybe on campus you, you have a good orientation so don't wait until you can actually visit the campus to, to do your research about the place. The, many institutions over the last year and a half have been pretty savvy about presenting or projecting themselves virtually to the students who are trying to learn about them. Uh, so you'll find that there'll be opportunities to talk to people through you know, Zoom connections, uh, students to professors. I talked with a young woman uh, yesterday who was able to make an appointment to talk to a professor at one of the schools that she's interested in. And she's not going to be on the campus with that professor, but she's going to be face to face and asking questions. This can happen even short of the actual campus visit. So, uh, you know, I, I think that don't don't allow yourself to be paralyzed in terms of uh, the way you begin to process information. And of course, the score, we provide a lot of information that students can pursue online as well uh, in, in affecting a, a stronger sense of, of the synergy that, that might exist between them and an institution. I would also add, Erin, that students who are entering this year as college applicants, the seniors, mm -hmm have, uh, I think, an important consideration here with regard to, to COVID because the, the last 18 months of your lives have been, you know, topsy-turvy, upside down, inside out. Things just haven't been the way you would have expected them. And what you need to remember is that you're part of a large company in that regard. <laughs> There'd be roughly 2.2 2 million students applying to college in your college applicant year. And they all went through the same thing to varying degrees. And so what you need to do is, is rather than feel like, woe be me, this was terrible, you need to make sure that you tell the story of how you dealt with that adversity in your application. You need to make sure that you talk with your guidance counselor, as well as the teachers who will write on your behalf to create a clear picture of, of how you responded in a time of adversity. So there, there are institutions also that will give you an opportunity through an essay to, to talk about your, your COVID experience. What you want to make sure you do is, is, is help institutions understand how you, you, you picked yourself up and, and move forward at a difficult time. It's easy to feel victimized. And if you come across as a victim in these circumstances, again, it's not going to be a very compelling presentation. But if, if you find ways to, to tell your story, I think that you're going to find that that helps you an awful lot in your application. I think as things feel uncertain outside of your control, it presents a good opportunity for each of us to spend some time with self-reflection and, and finding what certain means for you in your own small world and, and feeling as confident as you can about the decisions that you make moving forward. Well, absolutely. And, and, and these are uncertain times for a lot of reasons. They're uncertain times. But to your point, allow yourself to become more fully aware of and engaged with the variables that are moving in your world right now. There, there's a lot mm -hmm. going on, not just with COVID. Mm -hmm. There's a lot going on. And the, and the more you can engage and be part of that, the easier is going to be for you to present yourself as a college applicant. Peter, any final notes for our student and family listeners? Well, 
again, these are tough times and, and don't want to minimize that at all. I, I don't want to feel like I'm doing a, a public service announcement for the, the CDC, but you know, do what you can to be safe. And, and I think that you know, if, if you are heading off to college for the first time, or even if you're returning to college and you're facing the question of, of a vaccine mandate at, at that particular institution, in my opinion, and I believe the science supports this, it's not a bad thing. And it's, if it's the least thing that you can do to get yourself back on track uh, academically, uh, it, it certainly would be worth it, in my opinion. So uh, whatever you choose to do, be safe, be comfortable, and good luck. A special thanks to Peter Van Buskirk for joining us in this conversation today. If you want to hear more from Peter, you can find his content in the blog section of our website and on YouTube where his webinars and presentations are hosted. If you want to learn more about SCORE, go to SCORE.com. That's S-C-O-I-R.com. We'll link to that in the show notes, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at SCORE, Inc. That concludes our conversation today. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.